Does the story of Jesus tell us just how to get to heaven? Or did the abundant life Jesus said he came to bring mean more of a better life here on earth, not just some hope that we get by the skin of our teeth into heaven for eternity. My guest today, Craig Sharton, has written a book in which declares he's starting a new religion. Now, don't run away yet. It's not that scary. He says this religion would parallel a Jesus-type teaching that's making sure followers live in wholeness of body, mind, and soul. And the word salvation or saved or healed in the New Testament is the Greek word sozo, which means to be restored body, mind, and soul. And that's what Craig wants to see happen in people's lives. He also happens to be one of my best friends on earth, and I think you're going to love him too. He's the author of a new book called Conscious Life, Conscious Death, and he's here on my podcast today to share about what that conscious life looks like and maybe, more importantly, how do we do conscious death and do it well? Let's get Craig's perspective on how to live the abundant life. God is not mad at you, everyone. Here's today's pod with a happy God. And welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I am Paul, Pastor Paul, the unconventional pastor, and we're talking about a world where God is not mad at us. God's not this horrible, crazy thing trying to throw us into hell or make us into Republicans, whichever comes first. Glad you're with me on the podcast today. And I'm really excited about today's podcast because we're going to talk about a new religion, I think, something like that. And I'm excited because uh, it's a podcast with one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Craig Sharton is a podcast partner of mine. We've done a podcast together even before COVID and then throughout COVID uh, called Two Guys Talk in Fresno, which is here in our local area. And he's now an author of a new book called Conscious Life, Conscious Death. Let me show you that. There, there Conscious Life, Conscious Death. And uh, it's an idea for a new religion. And so we're going to find out about the heresy of this book from Craig Sharton. Craig, good to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, wait, I've lost. I can't hear you now. There we go. The microphone. There you are. I, I, uh, I said I, I was saying I hope it scores high on the heresy index. That will be good. Is that right? You're happy to be listed as a heretic today? Well, it depends on who's listing, I guess. But <laughs> probably the people that call other people heretics will have me right up there. But I was probably up there before. Well, Rob Bell was called a heretic by Franklin Graham on Larry King. So if we, if we can hit that level, we'll really know we've made it somewhere. And so, you know, when I used to just do audio podcast, I never had to worry about my hair. And now when we're doing video, I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? So, so cool. Glad you're with me. So, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of topics through the years, a lot of discussion about religion and our concern about where sort of American Christianity is going. And, uh, and I wrote a novel critiquing it. You've created something entirely new, and the book cover declares an idea for a new religion. So tell us where you came up with the idea for starting a new religion. Well, it really started back in the mid-90s. <clears throat> I had uh, been doing a lot of research personally with uh, psychology, philosophy, religion, just where they all intersect. I always look for that intersection point. Um, and uh, a lot of just study for, about how to live a conscious life. And in one book, it, the author is asked, well, why would you want to live a conscious life? And he says to have a conscious death. And I really thought, wow, that just, that nails it all because that's what Socrates did. That's what Jesus did. Um, so many of the of the mythology uh, and the religion and uh, literature and all of that, really, that's a theme that you'll find pretty consistently once you start looking for it. And so I kept trying to live a conscious life. And what I found was that it always ended up like a hobby, like I'd have work and I'd have family and I'd have friend relationships to maintain and yard work and dog and all this other stuff and whatever might be left over, you know, somewhere, if there was anything left over, I would try to go back and work on my consciousness uh, in whatever form that might be. 
And, and what I realized was it's never going to happen or it's not going to certainly reach its potential unless I focus on it. And I was thinking about the good parts of religion, how it really uh, affects your whole life, right? So you give thanks for breakfast and you, you know, hopefully give thanks and think about the well-being of others before you go to sleep. And, you know, it's just this constant reminder in your life, whether you're Muslim, Catholic, <clears throat> whatever you are, it, it really is a, a, a star for you to point yourself toward. And so my thought was, instead of having the worrying about bushes burning or, you know, what happened 3,000 years ago and we argue about it or what happened 500 years or whether there's a spaceship or not, we just cut out all the other stuff and say, let's make consciousness our North Star or South Star, whatever you like, and, and let's just focus on that first and incorporate it into our daily lives, our conversations and maybe if we do that, we can make a little bit more progress toward that goal. So you're talking about religion without a deity. Right. And, and, I, and I think you answered this a little bit in that, but tell me more, why, why call it a religion? Well, multiple reasons. Um, the primary one is just because it, it is a, it's an opportunity to have an entity that has a group of people that are all sort of rowing in the same direction and and can um and can be incorporated pretty much in our life throughout our day we can just keep saying yes this is what i do i meditate in the morning and in the evening i think about what kind of clothes i can buy or how i'm going to get from point a to b to have the most consciousness toward the planet or others or my finances or my health or all these different things um, and so there's really nothing else like a religion so I tried to, I, I went on, on Facebook one time and basically said, what don't you like about religion? And of course, within minutes, I had this very long list. And I thought, how could you build a religion and, and push the, you know, eliminate the problems that go along with it, you know, as kind of a mental exercise. And, and so that's what I've tried to do. And, and you could read the book and say, I even list the problems that were listed that day. Um, did I successfully create something that avoids the things that we say we hate about religion? And and so far, the response has been very positive. So it's, that, not ex it's not exclusive from a religious belief system somebody might have already. It's just focusing towards kind of this idea of conscious life and conscious death. Yeah, I imagine that the first the first people that will want to go through this process with me will be uh, most likely Christians that I know, um, but they are non non dogmatic, uh, you know, jerks about their religion. They are, they are already very open minded. You know, they wouldn't think that uh, you know Satan is behind uh, yoga, for example, like I know some people do. Or, or you could get a massage without have, having to feel guilty and, and burning in hell for it. You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> those, those little things. And I think some of us, uh, we're, we're calling ourselves the deconstructing Christians out there that when we see like this church over the weekend that was chanting, let's go Brandon, from, you know, being led from the stage by these chants. Maybe it's time for a relook at what religion is in, in that way. Yeah, well, especially in Christianity, that's been a long, you know, it's needed to reinvent itself over and over again from, you know, the the first 400 years to, you know, becoming a weird, you know, deal that was basically like a government structure and popes that fed people feces at a dinner party to other popes that shot arrows into a crowded courtyard. Wait, wait who fed people feces? <laughs> yeah, you have to go back. I haven't read it for years, but... Uh, <laughs> I think it was, uh, oh, what's the name of that book by Barbara Tuckman? Uh, I'll think of it, I think, during the conversation. And she, uh, it's basically about entities, government entities or others that behave so badly that they they uh, were doing things that weren't in their own best interest. Hmm. And she talks about how basically the Catholics uh, caused the Reformation by all of this really bad behavior by the by the popes and the and the powers that be. 
Wow. Uh, that's that's a new one. I'll have to follow up on that. That's one story I haven't heard yet. So I'll have to check Yeah, that's delightful, isn't it? <laughs> Beautiful. Well, and I've read your book and it's very good. And I encourage people to read it. The, the big question, it, 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 besides the religion part, which we may have to revisit a little bit more, is if conscious life, conscious death is where we're going with this sort of new religion, if you will, what does it mean to have a conscious life? And maybe more importantly, what does it mean to have a conscious death? You said even Jesus had a had a conscious death. Well, so the conscious life part is, you know, acknowledging that we all have, you know, interior programming from our, our body, our genes, our organs, you know, wanting us to wanting us to do certain things, whether that's uh, eat or or reproduce or work too hard or whatever. And then we also have exterior forces or back to our parents, family, teachers, coaches, whatever. Uh, and just your even your friend group, um, your boss, you know, they all are putting pressure on us to do certain things and act certain ways. And so being conscious means you're aware of those things, but you are you are still um, uh crafting a course for yourself that is authentic to who you are. And you're making decisions that you know are good for you and your community and ultimately the planet. So, you know, everything from individual health to group health to neighborhood health, all the way up to, you know, we've got this global warming crisis you know, staring us in the face. And I don't see uh, religion or government or business able to tackle this. And so I think as a group, we could all help each other out and, and we could help each other find ways to do things better. So I use an example of conscious clothing. Like, do you just go to the store, buy something off the rack? Is it made of plastic? Is it made by people who aren't paid a living wage? Is it going to go into a landfill when you're done? You know, are the inks uh, chemicals or, or are they something natural? Like you could go through just any part of your life and think, I would like to be more conscious about how I choose to consume, how I, my home is, how my transportation works, how I interact with people on a conscious level. Um, and just go all the way through that list and know that if you were doing things more consciously, that it would have a really positive result for you. Mm -hmm and the people around you. Wow. Let me jump in and interrupt just for a second, because I, I love this. I've just been rewriting my coaching curriculum, and we're, we're like simpatico with this, because I, I talk about um, what I call the oxygen mask theory of life, that that in the airplane, they tell you when the oxygen mask drops down, you you do what? You put it on yourself first. You have to have resource to be able to take care of anybody else. And so we talk about working on ourselves and then then the manifestation of that is going to be my mindset and relational tools of how I interact with the circle around me is going to be impacted by that and then ultimately the uh, sign of my true well-being is going to be that I want to impact a world that's beyond my little circle in fact generationally I'm going to want to impact two to three generations down the line and so it sounds like that's a little bit of what you're talking about that conscious life, is you know being being taking care of ourselves and then being really aware of what we're doing that impacts even a world of people that that don't know us and we don't know them right well and and you know we also can get into that thing where we don't have the balance between we're just focusing on ourselves and no one else right or just focusing on everyone else and not ourselves and i think with consciousness you know it's it's both you know, we're trying to, and it, you know, it's never that straight line. You're just kind of trying to stay in there somewhere. Um, so you're not just completely narcissistically wrapped in yourself, but you're also helping out your 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 neighbor or, or the person next to you. And when you do that, then you learn a little bit more about yourself and vice versa. So it's this constant, you know, attempt at, at living a more conscious life. And, you know... And that leads to a conscious death. Well, that's that's what I would say. You know, if I know that you work a lot with Christians, but really, you know, Jesus had the opportunity not to die, uh, but he went into it with his eyes wide open. And Socrates, the same thing. You know, he 
his friend said, we can get you out of, uh, out of Athens um, and, and you'll be fine. And kind of everyone wanted him to do that. And he said, no, these people aren't going to learn the lesson unless, you know, they've already told me I have to drink this. I'm going to look them in the eye and drink it. And it's going to really fall bad on them or, or, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, we've got modern mythology that still uses that that uh, really image throughout time of where you say, look, you know, the lightsaber goes through him and and he comes back as a bigger force. You know, mm. it's, it's a bigger deal. So um, and, and in the Northeast, we used to have American Indians that would go into battle and their battle cry is today is a great day to die. You know, that. That is like, if you're going to go into battle, are you going to go in, you know, dragging your feet and, and horrified and crying like crazy for your mom? Or, you know, there you are. This is, this is one way or the other. But I'm going to go in all the way without fear or as little fear as possible and, uh, and have my eyes wide open. Mm. So Talk the, to, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry, Craig. I was going to say, so the energetic play is... Not that we know what happens after death, but if anything happens after death, like the Tibetan Buddhists or others would say, you're, you're supposed to go in with your eyes wide open so that you can make the decisions to take you somewhere good as opposed to bad. I, I, don't, I don't believe in that, but like if there is something, you would want to go into it that way. But the real trick for me is, you know, if I'm laying on a bed knowing it's my last breath. I want to have my family around me. I wanted to do it my way. I want to know I'm not leaving a mess for my son and daughter-in-law to have to deal with a bunch of stuff. And I also want to know that I don't have regrets, that I told people I love them. I apologized to them when I needed to apologize to them. I knew I cared for people and that, you know, that that made people's lives better. And, and that's the way I'd want to go, right? So if I start doing those things now, I will be much more likely to have that, you know, good end of life experience that I think is the result of living a good life. Mm. That's Craig Sharton. He's the author of this book, Conscious Life, Conscious Death, uh, an idea for a new religion. Um, it's, a, it's a really fascinating read and I think important in the season as we have Learn. We just need to learn a new way to live, and I think most of us would would agree about that. And and so you don't particularly have a a theology of afterlife in your religion. In fact, I don't. You really don't have any theology for the supernatural at all. No, that's that's entirely up to other people, or or against a supernatural belief either. No, my one of my favorite phrases is "knock yourself out." <laughs> um, I mean, because I, you know. Uh, when I read back in time about consciousness or look at what they're doing now in neurology and psychology, like it is, it is really hard work. Like everything is pulling against you and pushing against you not to live a conscious life. So, so unless you're focused, you're, you're, you know, the chances of getting anywhere good are, are, are not really there. So if that's someone that holds up Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad their image of God, whatever that might be, if that helps them, then that's what it's there for, in my opinion. It's it's a way for them to be able to visualize the mythology that gets them to the goal that they want. I think mostly we just get distracted by the story and forget what the point is. So the idea is to help people focus in and and this isn't just a self-help book. You 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 kind of are are wanting to put together a process and maybe even sort of a a place for this, right? Well, that's what I'm doing now. I, you know, I am not a guru. I am not a health guru. I'm not You're not the cult guru. leader of this. Huh? No, I am not. I am the I am the every person who needs all of this. Man, I hope you're enjoying the podcast today. We'll have more with our guests, but first. Please allow me to interrupt and invite you to engage our Pastor Paul community as we pursue the unconventional 21st century spiritual life. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on TikTok, and join us throughout the week for our spiritual life moments. Our spiritual mindfulness moments it is Wednesday morning. 
Thursday, we release the new podcast every week. Saturday morning is Pastor Paul's Bible Talk. And Sunday morning, we come together to share life and share in the Christian tradition of communion. But all are welcome in our Sunday community. And once a month on Tuesdays, we're starting our new Unconventional Conversations uh, discussion groups. I want you to join us for that. Find out all the details about how to pursue the 21st century unconventional spiritual life together through my website at pastor-paul.com. And while there, click on that support tab and support our community and receive all kinds of special resources and cool stuff as you help support to keep this community moving forward. See, we don't take up tides. We don't cater to sort of monthly ministry donors. We raise our funding through subscriptions and selling content and coaching. And we do it all through the Pastor Paul community. And it's, it's through our for-profit ministry because I want to do my part and pay taxes to have roads and schools and fire departments and police and all those things in my community. And I believe all of us, even you churches, we should be doing our part to pay taxes with joy to help support the things in our community. So I hope you'll help support me, pastor-paul.com. Click on that support tab and also join us for all this pursuit of the unconventional spiritual life throughout the week. And let's pursue that spiritual life together. Now back to the pod where I love to say God is not mad at you. I, you know, I am not a guru. I am not a health guru. I'm not. You're not the cult leader of this. Huh? No, I am not. I am the, I am the every person who needs all of this. And I really followed the old entrepreneurial rule that if you have a problem and you can find a solution that helps you, it might also help other people too, right? So so that's kind of what this is for me, is that I would like this. I would love to be around people that are supportive of, of living a healthy, conscious life in, in all of those aspects. So yeah, so there is a church part to it uh, but it's not me preaching at anyone. It is all of us trying to figure it out the best we can and and sharing with each other and creating a place where you know we can we can work on our health goals, our financial goals, our vocational goals, our limberness goals. I mean, whatever those things might be, um, that we can help each other through, you know, good, good, healthy food, exercise meditation, sleep, you know, that we can all do those things that we know we need to do and should be doing and aren't doing and have a place that's supportive of that so that it helps us stay on, on our path. It, and, and so there's an idea maybe of communal living or sort of semi-community, at least a community of looking for conscious life together. Right. Well, there's, there's a, uh, there's nothing, there's no requirement for communal living, but there is a part of the book where uh, we talk about orientation. And that's not my favorite name for it, but it was the best I could come up with. And that is that you would be able, you know, you're on life's busy highway and there would be a place where you could pull out for two to six weeks or whatever it takes for you. And you would take, you would actually move in and you would get healthy food and learn how to cook healthy food. You would get some exercise. You'd get meditation twice a day. We'll have a strand where we all work on like making sure that uh, those uh, annoying details that we have to do to make sure that we're having a conscious death and, and not leaving that mess behind. So our directives, our, our wills, all of those kinds of things. We'll understand our finances individually so that we can put together a financial goal. And, and, and I really like uh, Jordan Peterson has a, a self-authoring program. So you can really self-author your past, your present, your future, and kind of break it down into goals that you would like to achieve for the rest of your life. So if that's a career change, if that's moving somewhere, like let's put the path uh, let's help each other put together a path so that we can all come closer to achieving our goals. Wow. So I, I love that idea. So conscious life and sort of the idea of a Buddhist talking about maybe self-actualization or so, is there a difference? Are they, they sort of the same thing? Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of words for it. And I, I you know, transcendence uh, I think is a really good one right now. There's a great book by, um, 
Scott Barry Kaufman called Transcend. And it takes all of the work of Maslow, not just the, the, the pyramid that he never actually created and simplified that is very, very good work. Uh, but Buddhists, uh, I think really, really uh, Buddhism hits it a lot with right speech, right vocation, all of those things where you're trying to do better in all of these areas. You can borrow from that. Stoicism, I think, is, is something that I've really gotten a lot out of. That could be helpful for some people. Um, the 12-step program, I think, is a fantastic guide, um, not just for people in recovery, but a really uh, important series of steps that you can do to not only get your life on track, but keep it there. Um, I, I just think I borrowed from so many different religions and philosophies um, and, and science, too, to be able to, to kind of mash it all up together and I think put together something that's very basic and simple, um, but it's something that most of us aren't able to achieve on our own. And so it becomes kind of like a culture within a culture um, so that you're able to stay on your course with whatever health goals you have, financial goals you have, community goals you have. And, and like I said, we should be leaving a positive impact on the planet. If a church isn't doing that, then I don't know what the hell they're doing, right? <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. You listed a whole bunch of philosophies there and not Christianity is one that's part of it, which it, it, it actually is. It's had a big impact on me. Of course. And I and I would say it can be. It's, it's interesting to me because I think if we really look at the story of Jesus, it, it very much parallels what you're talking about here. And, and it John 3.16 is our, you know, very popular Bible verse from Christianity, but John 3.17 is the one that I love. It says God didn't send Jesus, didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved, which is this word sozo, this Greek word, which doesn't mean to pray a sinner's prayer, join a church, and go to heaven one day. It means to be restored to wholeness, body, mind, and soul. Um, it actually is not an eternal word. It's actually a present, as Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. So I, I think this idea of being well, having wholeness for body, mind, and soul, emotionally, physically, spiritually, is what Jesus came to say and, and said, let's get rid of this idea of a religion that says, follow these rules and God won't be mad at you. Um, instead, learn that you can partner with life and heaven and goodness and all this stuff and have this sozoed life. And then we take these writings of Paul and we sort of start to put this religion around it. And, yeah. and I actually don't think that was anything that Jesus was really about. So, so I actually think Christianity parallels it. And it's sad that what Christianity has become, particularly in America these days, would, would consider itself to be opposed to what you're talking about. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, the, the oldest fight in the world is really, to me, between order and chaos. Um, and, and unfortunately, we think order is a good thing and chaos is a bad thing, but it's really, they're both equally good. They're the yin and yang of, yes, you want order, but you also want the flow of creativity and open ideas and, and all of the beauty and all of those things uh, as well. And so, you know, when I look back through Christianity or Greek mythology or anything else, that's what I see. And um, it's, it's as old as, as the human brain and heart is. And so how do we break through that and say, let's help each other towards some kind of balance that's, you know, m mind, body, and spirit, just like you said, mm. and take those old lessons and parse them out. I think that deconstruction, reconstruction idea is really fantastic. Because then you, you're not arguing about stupid Leviticus. Like, get over it. Like it's, <laughs> it's not relevant. Like, we got a planet to save. We've got children dying in our neighborhoods. We've got, you know, people that, you know, children having type 2 diabetes in an epidemic, epidemic proportions. And yet we're having these other stupid arguments. Like, to me, the real test like I go to some churches on the poor side of the town uh, uh, of our town and I see a beautifully manicured lawn around a church and the neighborhood all around it's falling apart. And, you know, it's just like, this is just not translating into a better world. Now that's not everyone we know, because we know a lot of people that are making a difference too. Sure. Sure. But, uh, 
but there's just too much of the other. It's just we've we've got really important stuff to do. Well, I, I you know, my wife and I have heard it often from our Christian friends here in our area, Fresno, when when we're saying, "Hey, we've we've got to change things in the city." where our city has a lot of financial and and racial division challenges, economic opportunity challenges, quality of life challenges depending on what zip code you live in and our and we will have christian friends literally tell us, "Hey, that's not our job. Our job is to get people saved and to heaven." And and I I just say you you're reading a different bible than me at that point. And some of it is like what you say, I I think I don't know if you called it chaos, you know, the, the political theory of people will always choose totalitarianism over anarchy um, comes out of a human need for certainty. And I think religion is that too. Just, just tell me what the rules are so I can figure out where I am in that. When in fact, in the deconstruction that a lot of us are walking through, we're starting to say, it's okay to not know the answer. It's okay for you to think it may be this, that hell may look like this, and I think it may look like this, and that's okay. Let's let's journey together and continue to wrestle with those con concepts. So maybe some of what what we need to teach out of uh, the idea of a conscious life is is you don't have to have certainty, and if you if you have to have certainty of like what the afterlife looks like, you're going to settle for some bad theology or some bad ideas. So I, I'm with you. There's something to chaos and uncertainty. Well, there is, and, and and maybe chaos is not the best word. Nobody seems to like chaos, but right. know, uncertainty, well, that, perhaps, or so. Yeah, and especially the people that like order don't like it. You know, it's uh, it really becomes. I, I wish there was a better word. You know, but it's funny how you know we take you know Thomas becomes doubting Thomas, which is very bad because he's questioning everything, and like that's let's make him look like a bad guy out of the 12. Should you know? he be thinking Thomas or yeah, maybe Thomas? like, yeah, <laughs> uh, someone, some, some creator gave him a brain that works and why is he using it? You know, that's evil. <laughs> it's, a, it's just goofy. So, you know, but that's what structure doesn't like that. So let's make the the guy with questions look, look, look bad. So, you know, and I, I would say, uh, so we have a, a, a word called flake, you know, we'll call someone a flake. And, you know, maybe they're a really great artist, but they can't figure out how to get to a place on time or, you know, they don't balance their checkbook just right. And that's a very negative term for someone who, who might be super talented and might not have the strengths of the person who knows how to do the checkbook and, and, and schedule things. So what if we pair those two and they're neither good or bad, but they're complementary to each other? And that's where I really think our, our solutions come come from if we can just get over the fact that the people in marketing hate the people in accounting and instead realize that without either of them the company is dead um and, and figure out how to work together that's that's really a lot of what i'm trying to do mm. yeah i think i think we're gonna have to get there uh, otherwise how are we ever going to get through um the sort of divides and discord of the season i guess is, is being able to say, you get to think differently than me. Yeah. How crazy would that be? It's, well, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, get up, try poetry if you want, or get up and try whatever, I, you know. Um, I mean, we need, you know, I, I look out at society and I say, we could use a hell of a lot more bookkeepers than we have. Because if our neighbors were on a path where they understood how their finances worked, you know, then they could, then they could buy a home or send their kid to school or, or have a little bit more peace of mind. Just like, you know, the lady a few doors down from me who can't get out of her her little walker thing because she's so obese now that her her legs won't hold her. Well, who's doing something about that? You know, not even the food bank is giving them good food. So let's have a place here where she can come in and she can eat a whole food plant-based diet for a month and see if she can take some more steps and see if it maybe clears her brain a little bit. And, um, you know, I don't think you need a miracle to heal people. You, you mm -hmm. need to give them healthy food and a little bit of exercise, a little blue zones plays a big role in, in, in what I've tried to put together, which is the idea where people live the longest, healthiest lives and they eat very basic food and move around. And they have strong community relationships with each other. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't think that there's a person out there that if they did that for 30 days, they wouldn't come out feeling better and uh, and all their health markers would be better. And, uh, you know, I, I, if they felt like they had a path to, to maybe have a more successful life, whatever that is for them, I mean, what better thing could, could religion do for you? Yeah. I want to talk more about how people can get involved, but I, I do want to let people know part of what I'm doing here in this podcast is a part of what we call the pursuit of the unconventional spiritual life. A lot of you listening to this podcast have maybe left behind your church community or you're you're thinking about it, but you're afraid, like, what's out there for me if I'm not a part of a church community anymore? And and so those of you on YouTube can see the graphic of sort of this, what the, the unconventional spiritual life is. I wish they hadn't put my picture because now I look like the cult leader of this <laughs> of this religion. But, uh, you know, I guess some, somebody thought it would be help marketing to put my face on there. But Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. Pacific, we do a spiritual mindfulness moment where we have a time of mindfulness and, and prayer together. Thursday, we release the Unconventional Conversation podcast. Saturday, I do a Bible talk. We call Pastor Paul's Bible talk, which is sort of your sermon of the week, if you're into that. And then Sunday morning, we come together for Sunday community to share life and, and uh, share in the Christian tradition of communion. And then uh, the third uh, Tuesday of each month, we're going to do a discussion group time called Unconventional Talk. So all of that's coming up. I have a new website and all kinds of cool stuff coming up. So I just keep teasing people, teasing people uh, with that along the way. But Craig Sharton is with us, the author of Conscious Life, Conscious Death. And so if somebody is intrigued by what they're hearing, of course, they can buy the book and read about it. But tell more about how they find you and how do they actually get involved in, in uh, what you're doing? Well, um, so I do have a website up uh, and I try to keep it up, you know, somewhat. Uh, it's called CLCD for Conscious Life, Conscious Death, clcdcommunity.org. Um, and so that's where uh, you can find the book. Um, Let me uh, put that on the screen for everybody. Is that it? clcdcommunity.org? Yes, sir. That is it. And uh, that's where we'll have events and things like that. But really what I'm trying to do, I think, initially is get some people involved um, so that I'm not doing all of this because I really don't want this to be about me. And that's some of these things just aren't my strengths. But if you're interested in in health, you know, whether you're a health professional or others, if you're interested in food, healthy food, if you're interested in growing food, if you're interested in um, accounting or or bookkeeping or the legal parts of doing all of this uh, stuff that every entities need to do. Um, whatever it is that you're interested, if 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 you want to plug in and see um, if it benefits you and if there's a role that you can benefit other people, um, that's really how it's going. I, I plan to get four people in through the first cohort of uh, orientation, hopefully in January. And then we'll start showing people like how this works. I think that's going to be much more effective than just writing it or talking about it, but actually have some people live together for a month. Uh, like I said, the healthy food, exercise, uh, meditation, putting together these strands of their lives so they feel like they have a good path by the time they leave. And um, I'd really like to find someone that's good at, video, social media, those things, so we can continue to share those results. And then we'll have speakers come in in the evening. Um, uh, anyone is welcome to come for dinner as long as they let us know that we're coming, that they're coming so people can have their family with them every night if they want. Other friends can visit, see what we're up to. Uh, Transparency's got to be a huge part of this because it is not a cult. It is not whatever. It is, um, is going to be the most open thing that you've ever seen. Um, hundred percent transparency on the website for the finances as we develop that, um, so that we don't fall prey to the other things that, uh, that have made people hate religion. Let's mm -hmm. identify what they are and remove those obstacles. And I will not be leading this thing for all time. My goal is at three to five years that I'm a member just like everyone else clcdcommunity.org so you're not uh you're not picking up tithes and offerings for this huh 
At some point, we would um, have people that want to contribute, and we'll have a way for that to happen. But again, it will all be transparent and on the website. If you give a dollar, it's going to say Paul Swearingen $1, um, and you're going to be able to see how much we're spending on food uh, or energy or what, whatever we're spending the money on as a group. Um, I, I believe, I mean, it's so easy to do right now. I mean, anybody that's run QuickBooks knows that you can easily put all of your finances on your website for anyone to look at. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see churches doing that. And I, part of calling it a religion is I want to show churches that there could be a different way to operate than they're operating now. And I, you know, this, this idea of taxing churches is going kind of gaining some steam. And, and again, after watching the let's go Brandon church over the weekend, I'm, I'm starting to get there. And at very least, I, I think we ought to require not for profits to, you know, at least covenant with the community that a large percentage of their income is benefiting the community at large and not just their small church community. Because uh, I, I hear from right wing Christians all the time, like we're the most charitable giving people in the world. And I'm like, yeah, as long as we call giving money to make sure you have comfortable seats to sit in on Sunday morning charity. You know, it's, it's the money you give for the sound system in the church, if we call that charity, yes. But there's some bit of return for you in that giving. And, and I'm really starting to think we ought to say to churches, you got to show us at least, I don't know what the percentage would be, 45%, 50% is going to actually benefit the community outside the building. Um, and that would change things an awful lot, I think. Well, like we, we've, you know, for one, I've already stated that we're going to pay property tax because mm -hmm. if you're going to buy a building and then sell it, <clears throat> you're going to hope that value goes up. So you're basically a developer or a property owner at, at that point. So you also, if the building catches on fire or a parishioner has a heart attack, you're going to call and want someone to show up. You know, so how can you, how can you do that? And, and so we're going to do that voluntarily. Um, and, and, you know, m I've been involved with municipal government for a long time. I really don't like to see people that don't contribute their fair share when, uh, when your community is trying to put together education and, and public safety and parks and all those things. And you've got big, huge, you know, complexes that aren't, aren't even paying a penny. I, it just doesn't add up. So we want to do that. Um, um, yeah, I mean, just again, trying to think through all the things people don't like and see if there's a way that we can we can make a correction. Yeah, and I, I you know, I moved the work that I do completely to for profit now, so that, and it costs me, but but I want to be a part of helping to contribute to roads and schools and all of the things in my community, and be honest that. The, the, the money that's coming in is supporting me and my household and not, you know, sort of make it this idea that it's charity. Um, the money that people give to my Patreon page and everything else, it helps, I would say it helps feed hungry kids and those hungry kids are my kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're paying you to do your work. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, if you go to a, a rock concert, you're buying a ticket. You're assuming that it's going to pay the band and roadies and you know, people that are taking your ticket at the door, right? Exactly. There's costs to do things. The other yeah. thing that I really want to do is, you know, if you said there are 3,000, you know, homeless people in, in, in Fresno and there are 300 churches, that's 10 homeless people for church, per church. And I really want to make sure that we're doing our share, which I hope will encourage other people to do their share as well because it's we make that into a huge problem but if we all just did our part you know it wouldn't be that big a thing and you could you could take that into all kinds of um different social needs that we have right now so so require each church in fresno to adopt and take care of 10 homeless people and, and get them off the street yeah and i'm not saying require i'm just saying i'm going to figure out exactly try to consciously figure out what our part of the pie should be and then when we do that It'd be really great if someone else said, oh, yeah, well, we can do that, too. So trying to lead by example. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and you know, I'm sure there are other churches that are doing that sort of thing. I, I just don't hear from them that much. They're probably too busy doing good work. 
Um, but we're going to try to do our part as well. Uh, interesting stuff. The book is Conscious Life, Conscious Death, An Idea for a New Religion from Craig Sharton. Um, there's the book. They can they can get it on Amazon or on your website? Uh, they can get it on Amazon. Uh, they can go right to Amazon or they can get it get to Amazon through the website. Uh, it's probably the easiest way to do it. And uh, if they live in Fresno, I have it at um, Petunia's Place, which is a children's book and local author's store. Um, and then uh, you and I are going to sell some books uh, next weekend, I think. Yeah. And, I, and, and if somebody's listening to this podcast before November 20th, I believe that's Saturday, right? We yeah. will be at, uh, in, if you're in the area, we'll be at Root down downtown Fresno uh, at 11 a.m. podcasting and then do book signing after that. That's right. So that'll be fun. And that's going to be the day of the Fulton Street Party. So, uh, so four years uh, and four year anniversary of the Fulton Street Party. So um, so there'll be a lot of people downtown and it should be fun. And and uh, it's always fun with you. Yeah, uh, we'll have a good time and, and have more books at another local place. So we'll have the opportunity for those who can buy locally to be able to do that. Um, and I would say if anyone wants to have a Zoom with some friends or anything like that, I'm I'm very open to having these discussions and, and I learn a lot from them as well. I'm really yeah. looking for feedback. As I've learned in coaching, cohorts can be nationwide rather than just local. Yeah. So you may learn to do some of that online. Well, good stuff, in, Craig. I was in one of those. Yes, you were. Yes, you, know, you were. Very great. And I really, the people that you are attracting to this are just my favorite people. And I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, I, I, I don't know if you caught me a few times. I'm trying to explain to like traditional Christians that your role of ministering to people who are losing or questioning their faith is as important a role as, as is out there because that is a very scary, even dangerous time for people, you know, you know, ministering to the people that are already willing going to a building and buying everything you're selling. That's not that hard to do. No. <laughs> Put up whatever songs they like to hear and, you know, everyone's happy and they throw something in the jar and, and leave and, and, you know, have, have coffee cake afterwards piece of cake and, and we all agree to the same community yeah. narrative right yeah right that's that doesn't take a genius <laughs> i mean what you're doing is people i mean i've had friends that have left mormon the mormon church or or the catholic church or whatever that was such an ingrained part of who they were and their family and their friends and all of that and then to lose that is just you you know it's like when a person first becomes depressed, you just don't know how far the bottom is going to drop. Well, it's, um, it's a death. It's, it is yeah. truly a mourning, grieving period. And one of the things I've found through all of this is, you know, I sort of, you talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I sort of break it down to a basic of, as human beings, we need safety, value, and purpose. We, we need to know we're not going to die. And that usurps everything, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll do anything not to die. Um, and then we, uh, we want to know that we matter to somebody, that there's somebody that cares that we exist. And when those are in place, then there's just something innately in us as human beings that has to be coached out of us to say, I want to make a difference in the world. I, I want to change something. And, and so getting past barriers that keep us from those things, I think, are really valuable towards getting people to a place where they're not trying to just protect me and my two over here, but saying, hey, I, there's real value for me benefiting people beyond my sphere. And, and I think if we can all learn that, and I think it was the teachings of Jesus, yep. we, can, we can really have a, a great world together where we actually feel like it's important for me to care about you and you to care about me and we to care about a bunch of others out there as well. Yep. That mattering word just keeps coming up over and over and over and, and all the, the, the psychological literature around consciousness and health. Mm. Um, so I think you're you're right on on it. So and isn't it interesting that this is so we all say, well, it, it, blame it on mom, you know, every let's blame it all on mom. But I'm finding the American dream, the American way of life, 
particularly now where we're forcing families to have two income families, whether they want to or not, goes a long way in telling our children they don't matter. You know, what matters is dad's job, mom's job, and we'll fit you around that. And we have a generation that has really grown up, I, I think, in in Xers and millennials now of being told by our, our very design of our household that we don't matter. And and it's left a mark, I think. And and so I'm seeing in the millennials and Gen Zers and some of it healthy and some not so much that they're saying, you know, sort of screw this idea of the American dream and let's start to live life a little bit differently. And I think that's really important. I'm not against work and working hard, but just the way it has played out, I think, in the last couple of generations in America, probably even dating back to that greatest generation group, we we integrate into our kids and then bring this shame-based religion on top of it and say, you don't matter. And in fact, you're pretty cruddy of a person. And it makes us into something that we have to then work our whole life to figure out how to not believe those things about ourselves anymore. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, there are a few different parts of our life and the more of those that we have going in the direction, you know, that we really want them to go, including vocation, including family, you know, the healthier we're going to be and the more successful we'll be at those relationships. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and we can't control what's going to happen in the world, but we can control what we, we do in, in our part of it. And we can always uh, decide that we want to grow from, from the events of the world or, 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 or even in our own life. Good stuff, Craig. I've gone longer than I planned, but that's what always happens when you and I start talking. So. <laughs> I, it's We've gone on for hours before, folks. This, this is just a little glimpse. <laughs> All right. Conscious Life, Conscious Death, clcdcommunity.org is the website. Check it out. Also, for me, join my Patreon page. Uh, all the links are in the bio and my link tree helps support this uh, ministry, if you will, to tell the world that God's not mad at them and he's not mad at you. So, Craig, good talking to you, man. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe or watch one of the other videos on the screen.